getting a, a sense of people's thoughts on life and uh, we'll call it the softer side of financial planning can really help the advisor shape your financial plan and what you're doing to kind of come together in line. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into All Things Retirement. I'm Ben George. She is Anthony Alpha, certified financial planner and the founder over at Cardinal Wealth Group. You can find him online, cardinalwg.com. And that's where you also learn about his life planning process and going through that in, in terms of helping clients prepare for retirement. And it ties into what we're talking about today. There's a study that was out that had people describe what they thought about retirement. Did it from all age ranges. So got a kind of different perspectives for everybody. We're going to go through that survey, but also talk about how picturing your retirement and how you describe it actually helps you plan everything out. So we'll do that today on the show. Let me welcome in Anthony. Good to talk to you again. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Ben. Good to good to be here. And we got Rosie's birthday coming up in, in a week. So we're already again. Huh? Yeah, we're gonna celebrate one and two because we didn't celebrate anything last year. So nice. Should be uh, a good uh two year old uh outdoor rager. So we're looking forward <laughs> to that. Lots of uh uh, fruit drinks, fr sugary drinks, oh, right? Yeah. And, and cake and everything that bounce house. So should be a Absolutely. good time. That sounds awesome. How's life as a father of two? How's that going? It's, uh, you know, a little bit uh, not as easy as one because uh, Rosie, that uh, terrible twos is, makes it sound bad, but she's just, uh, you know, into exploring everything. And, and so you got to kind of keep an eye on that. And then her sister, she doesn't realize, is uh, only like four months, and so she <laughs> almost sees her like a uh, raggedy end doll at times. If we don't, you know, kind of make sure that we're on top of that. So, I mean, look, other everyone kind of gets through it. So it's it's going good. It's fun. It's a lot of laughs along the way, and uh, a little bit of uh, sleep deprivation. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm. I can imagine, but I'm glad everything is going well, and uh, hopefully that birthday party. Is a, is a good time for everyone involved. I'm glad you're able to get out and celebrate it with, with, uh, with a bunch of people this year. So that's going to be fun. Well, look, let's, uh, let's jump into our conversation today on describing retirement. And you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that the way we plan for retirement is influenced by what we think about it, right? You, you want to plan for what you envision, how you, where you want to live, how you want to spend it, all these different details of retirement. But everybody's got a different perspective of it. And there was a recent study that we're kind of basing this conversation on from the MIT Age Lab, and it was a couple of years old, but it's still very relevant, I think. They asked about a thousand people to provide five words for how they imagined life after career. And they asked people of all ages, different genders, and they plotted the results. I was surprised to hear this. There were 921 different words provided in total, but only 28 words accounted for half of all the responses. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So as you go through this, Let's go through some of these key takeaways, and I want to kind of get your thoughts on how you incorporate this view of life after career into your planning process with clients. So, uh, first takeaway: you know, most of the people that talked about this were pretty were pretty positive. There were only a few negative words that stood out: death, old, tired, boring, and lonely. Right. I just think of like uh, grumpy old men, the, the movie or <laughs> right, something. Right. The uh, when I when I see those words, but. Look, I think that mindset and life experiences can really shape the lens um, 
for how you kind of view the world at the end of the day and and what you've been through. And I think it's easy to get negative, but I, I think to your point, it was a small segment out of the thousand or so that were a part of this. So knowing that the majority is positive, I would say that that's more realistic than most people try to make a more an effort. And I think you do sometimes have to make an effort to be more positive. It's easy to get sucked into the the negativity and the, and the fear that's out there a lot of times. So, you know, seeing that from my experience, when people come in, there's usually more of an, a positive uh, view on that next chapter and, and what they're retiring to. Yeah. And, you know, three of the most common words that were, that were popular and I guess positive, retirement, well, obviously that makes a lot of sense. They're asking you about life after career, uh, relax and travel. Yeah, I think it should, again, it just goes to support that overwhelming, more positive versus the negative, which is certainly a good thing. And I think when I looked at this study, which was interesting, you kind of saw, you know, travel, hobbies, fun and freedom as, as another thing that, you know, what people are looking forward to, uh, you know, going into retirement and not being as uh, towards a more of a sedentary lifestyle. I think that was maybe a little bit more common in previous generations, but I think a lot of people want to take advantage of either if if they're not retiring really young, but it, or kind of the next 15 years and saying, I want to make the most of this and, and be active. Now, I thought it was interesting. They compared the male and female responses. I'm curious if you kind of get this same sense with the people you work with, but the word happy was a popular response, but almost exclusively among the females, um, not the males. But success, accomplished, fulfilled, family, all these skewed a bit more popular uh, among women compared to men as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think that I'll speak as a guy. I think a lot of times we often will apply actions or or verbs when we describe things and like traveling, hobbies, retirement, you know, relaxing. And I, I think that that, you know, doing things is the way that we oftentimes see ourselves or describe things or sh by showing, right, and doing stuff. And I, I know I'm not qualified to, to really dive into this, but I think also sometimes, you know, women are more in touch with their feelings as well and, and had more descriptive words such as happy, success, complete, and, and family to describe those um you know, life after work or whatever the exact uh, phrase was. So I, I thought that that was interesting as well, as far as how, if anyone, for those listening, if you could imagine the words that were used the most were basically blown up to bigger bubbles to show how much, and basically happy was, <laughs> I mean, lone standing the biggest bubble for women uh, when it comes to, you know, I guess talking about life after describing it after, after work. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, our different perspectives and just kind of how we view life and the world as men and women. Um, but also age has a, a big impact on this as well. So some of the takeaways here of what life after career means, the median respondent was age 42. Okay, So that, that middle age group, you had words like family, fulfilled, adventure, security, very popular for that group. Um, but it's also where tired and boring Neg those negative responses tended to congregate. But the young folks, when they described it, talked about cool, good, great, nice, love. And also, you know, you look at a, l a little bit of the older people skewed towards words like friends, health, rest, and stress-free. So you can definitely tell by like your perspective and just what your, what your needs are at different stages of life determine kind of how you view it. Yeah. And I think that 
the fact that it showed that tired, boring, and some of those negative responses did not really skew over towards any one uh, sex, male or female, and nor into any one like age, like older or younger. It was kind of almost towed the line right in the middle. So to me, that really talks more of just about a percentage of people out there just going to have more of a negative lens or view of the world at the end of the day and maybe justified in, in many ways, but in some ways, it's just their their jade or view overall on the life. So I think that, that it was good that it's not in any one sex or, or in a certain age group at the end of the day. You know, it, it's also, I think, to be fair too, to see that it's not going to be as easy for some people to visualize something that's really far away. And so seeing like the middle group that there was not like any really large, overwhelming, big bubbles there of words that, you know, everybody was responding to. I think it's just when you have something that's so far away, when I say so far away, 10, 15 or 20 years or, or more, I think it's hard to actually really visualize and say, well, how am I really going to feel or, or or see something like that that far away? I'm, I'm so focused on what's going on tomorrow or uh, getting the kids, you know, to school or getting them off to uh, college. I, I can't even think about my retirement right now. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, you know, how, how many times when you were in your 20s or 30s and even in your 40s, a lot of times are you thinking about retirement, right? There's so much you're just worried about getting through day to day that you don't even think that far ahead to even be able to describe what it looks like. Absolutely. I mean, thinking about graduating school, I had college loans. I wanted to get my own spot, right? And mm -hmm. I wanted to focus on my career and getting to the next you know, steps and then eventually, you know, getting married and doing and paying for that stuff. And that, you know, so it's, you know, prioritization, it's, it's hard to really, for many to really prioritize retirement when they're 20, 25 and 30. There's definitely those out there that are that are already thinking about it. And, and that's awesome. I mean, that's you're like, one out of like, 50, right, that are gun ho about putting like all their money towards retirement. But most are trying to solve many other types of things at the same time in the in the 20s and the 30s, for sure. Yep. Well, we wanted to kind of use this survey to set the stage for kind of a conversation about how you uh, work with clients and looking towards life after their career and how that helps with planning. You know, before we kind of get into that, though, do you see similar words with your clients? I mean, is there, is there words that maybe you hear more often than others that describe this process for your clients? Well, I would break our client the the majority down into like two segments uh, one would be those that are like 50 to 55 and those that are like 62 and above or something like that and i'm generalizing here it's it's hard to generalize 150 households but i i would say you have those people that are like 50 to 55 that are really focused on like the next sprint into getting into like financial shape and they're saying you know i I, I need to get refocused on my retirement. I basically have dedicated the last decade, 15 years to my kids' education and raising them. And I really sacrificed maybe some of my nest egg of what I could be putting away. But now I basically have the home paid off. The kids are off to school. That's all done. Now I really want to focus on myself. I would say a lot of times there's not one word that comes to mind with them that other than I just want to get into financial shape so that I can be in a position to start thinking about how I want to spend retirement. I don't want to say that there's like a clear vision as to, you know, what they're necessarily looking for. I mean, there, there's certainly some that will tell you like what they're going to be doing or that they're getting tired of work and want to do X, Y, and Z. But 
it seems like those folks are really, again, struggling in some ways with the visualization of what, what after whatever 65 looks like. And I think then there's the other folks that are, you know, 62 or so, and they pick their head up and they have to retire or about to retire or just retired and said, I need some help trying to figure this out. I want to be doing these things and they can taste it because they're literally right there. And for them, they might have some of those things that they actually will come in and talk about without you even asking the question. Like, I'm looking forward to, you know, my my daughter just had two kids. I can't wait to be grandma and spend the time with them. Or we haven't done any vacations uh, for the last uh, 10 years because we've been doing uh, these types of sacrifices. And we're really looking forward to spending the next 12 years doing these types of things. So you start to, you know, I think get a little bit more of those types of responses similar to that survey. The For me, the closer you get in that 60 or retirement range. How about priority wise? I mean, I guess kind of fits along that same conversation, but um, these priorities, they, they, they shift quite a bit, right? I mean, I even guess probably even, even, you know, you're not working with people normally that are going to be in their thirties and forties, right? So even looking closer to retirement, even like the last 10 years, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of these, these feelings about retirement and life after career change from say 55 to 65 even. Absolutely. I mean, I, we, we recently were helping uh, somebody who's been a client for a little while now, who's been in retire, retirement for some time. And she's really now also thinking about how to help leave behind a, a good setup for the two kids and, and the grandchildren in a way that would help them. So it's, it's like, hey, I've started to do some of these goals or traveling or however I wanted to spend my retirement years. But now that I'm in it and I feel it and it's working, the plan's working out from a monetary standpoint, which is certainly really important for people to who go away from having a, a stable income and all of a sudden living off of uh, some type of variable income off of off your nest day. You kind of want to see that kind of work for maybe five, six, seven, ten years until you say, okay, now I believe it works. Now I can also turn my attention to helping out other people um, once I know that I'm in a good spot. Very good. So let's talk a little bit about how this life planning process works um, a little bit. And, you know, when you, when you work with someone and you kind of get a better feel for what their preferences are, what their views are, what their perspectives are on retirement, how does this help you make this financial plan for them? How does this allow you to be more effective? I really do think that thinking or getting a, a sense of people's thoughts on life and uh, we'll call it the softer side of financial planning can really help the advisor shape your financial plan and what you're doing to kind of come together in line. And it's not that easy because number one, you know, asking some of those softer questions is not something that is is that common. I think, you know, for the most part, the consumer coming into an advisor's office is really has an expectation of you saying something along the lines of, oh, I'm not happy with my current advisor or my investments stink, They're, they haven't returned anything, or I'm paying too much in fees, which those are all valid things, right? And and that's real money, and, and, and that does matter. But I think a lot of times, sometimes those are the responses given because that's the expectation that they think that we're, you know, expecting to hear from them. But oftentimes, that might just be at the topical level. And oftentimes, it can be something 
further or deeper. And it, it does require listening and really asking those questions and almost getting permission to go a little bit deeper and asking those questions. And so it's not really for everybody either to ask some of those life questions, especially somebody that you just met as a, you know, maybe a referral from somebody. Um, they're not expecting you to maybe ask some of those questions. But what I can, what I can say is that, you know, we, we had somebody recently also kind of say to us that they're not happy with their advisor, like that they, that they don't listen. But by the end of the conversation of us asking questions, it, it kind of more went in, in a direction where that, you know, Jim has been working his tail off for the last 30 years really hard. And I'm really concerned about having a conversation with him about stopping work because I'm scared that he's just going to work himself into the ground and miss any of the good remaining years that we have left with our family. That's a much different conversation than just talking about you're not happy with your portfolio. And, you know, recently I had an another client that shared with me a, a text message that his spouse, it it's clearly something that they've talked about before because he showed me his text message, but they had a worker of theirs recently passed away. He was 40 years old unexpectedly. And he showed me his, the cell phone message from his spouse after and said, you know, life is short. I really want to stop working now and not continue because who knows how many good remaining years we have. So I think it's those types of feelings of getting a sense of how people are really trying to have these difficult conversations at times and really get to the crux of the issue that can really help you dig as an advisor and really match up their plan and, and, and really uncover what's, what's important to them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, do you want to take us into that process a little bit deeper and just yeah. in terms of the questions you're asking and, and what you're trying to find out? Yeah. And I would say that, again, a lot of times it's asking permission to you know dig a little bit further, if you will. And because there's nothing wrong with just solving a math problem for people, right? I have this much yeah. in assets and I'm trying to figure out how much I can spend and how to set up my investment account. And that's really important uh, to find somebody that you can trust that's going to do that for you. And that's something that we, we do all the time. But then there's, I guess, another level of saying, you know, to start that conversation, it might go something like this. So, you know, getting an idea of what's important to you, one of the questions might be pretty common question. To you. I'm sure you've talked to one of your friends or family member. If you had all the money in the world, what would you do with that money? Or what would you do with your time if you had all the money in the world? Mm -hmm. And for most people, they, they can come up with a list pretty, pretty easily, and it could be a pretty long list. And we typically would say, take these questions and spend five to 15 minutes for each one on your own and separate from your spouse. And then, uh, so th they wouldn't do that in, in front of us. Um, and then the second question would be, you go into the doctors for a checkup and a doctor comes back and says, you know, I have, uh, you have some unfortunate news that you're um, gonna, you only have five to 10 years left to live. And the good news is you, you won't feel any pain, but the bad news is I can't tell you if it's, be, you know, when it is between five and 10 years. Knowing that, how would you spend the remaining life that you have here today? And it's, you know, it's, it's in your current state with whatever finances and situation, whether you're working or not working, um, that's how you would answer that question. So you can see how that really starts to narrow down that, that focus of, okay, well, if I had five to 10 years left to live, that, that got pretty real. 
right? You're going to mm -hmm. kind of figure out what's important to you. And the, uh, the last question that we would ask would basically be, you go back in for that checkup and, it, and the doctor says, you know, I apologize, but we were, we were off on, on your diagnosis and you actually only have 24 hours left to live. Knowing that today, if you only had 24 hours left to live, what would you be most bummed out about or upset about or felt like you missed out on in the next, you know, in, in your future, knowing that you only had 24 hours left to live? So it's doing more of a, if today's your last day on earth, what are you going to be most upset that you missed out on? Right. And, you know, we have found that that really helps center people. And these aren't questions that I thought of, by the way. This is through um, a life planning uh, designation that I'm going through through uh, the George Kinder School of Life Planning. So it has to, you know, that's through them. But it's a process that you, you can help take people through to really uncover what's important to them or, or help them start that conversation with themselves or their significant other where they may never have had those types of conversations. Do you encourage people to be thinking about that kind of stuff before they come in to meet with you? Um, I, I would guess that a lot of people haven't thought that deeply about retirement. Well, it, it, well, we typically go see how the conversation goes. And I can also tell you that for a lot of, for a lot of folks, it might be something that we do a little bit later on and, and introduce it because, uh, you know, it could be a little deep for some people. And a lot of times we'll leave it at, you know, here's something that we help people with. I don't know if it really is something that makes sense to focus on today. And, and there's other people where it's like, this totally makes sense to dive into this type of conversation. I think, let me make sure I get permission, but we always leave it open and say, don't feel obligated. Like you have to share these responses with us. We'll send this over to you. I'll usually will verbally tell them what it's going to be ahead of time to help frame how you should be thinking about it, just to coach them through it. But, and then um, we've had a lot of positive feedback that it's really helped spark a conversation that they've been wanting to have or really open up to them what is really most important. And now they can kind of help roadmap, you know, how do we actually make that happen? So whether it's spending time on, with, their, with their family, um, but their work is getting in the way, but they're so used to making all this money that they don't know if they can actually go take another job that pays them 75%, but they work 50% less, that would free up all this time. So we can start doing some of the math and say, okay, how do we make that happen? And then we can help create a roadmap and say, well, if you are going to change a job, for example, so you can spend more time with your family, so you don't feel like you're going to die at your desk. Well, how do we do that? Oh, really? I have to update my resume. I have to go with, um, reach out to a headhunter. I have to, you know, do these different things. And some of these things might be where we're going to help them do some of these things, either through personal time together, or it could be bringing in, you know, somebody that we have an, um, a relationship with, like say a headhunter, for example, that can help them uh, start that process. Um, and other times it's something that they need to make sure that they do, but we'll keep on the list to make sure that we're kind of being a pleasant pain in their butt to hopefully <laughs> nudge them to get some of these things done. And then other side of it is that they need us to help provide some of the math, right? And say, okay, well, you're used to making 350, you know, you can certainly get away with the 175, for example, as you know, and, and do some of that, you know, math. And there could, I mean, there's a whole host of ways to, to go through the planning process from there, but it really, you know, that the answers can be in all walks of life. So you don't know exactly what you're going to get. 
Yeah, I feel like so those those questions are a little bit heavier. So you got somebody's got to be prepared to answer those questions a little bit differently than than say, hey, how do you just how do you picture your retirement? That's that's kind of like the I guess the starting point, but then you can get a little bit deeper from there. Yeah, I I mean it it's um again like having no questions about like how do you picture your retirement to and just focusing on providing the data, right? Your your financial, your net, your net worth and everything that you have and, and spitting out numbers is something that you can do and, and talk nothing about your feelings or thoughts on, you know, how you want to spend the next 15 or 20 years. Yeah. But what we have seen is that when people open up more of that dialogue, it, it's, it's such a much more meaningful, deeper relationship because we do care about where people end up and having a sense of some of these things really helps us to be able to shape the conversation and, and make sure that we're really getting to the core of what's what's important to them. Absolutely. Well, very interesting stuff indeed. And hopefully this gives you a kind of a better sense for what uh, Anthony and his, his business at Cardinal Wealth Group do for their clients and, and kind of the process in which they take you through. But it's going to be more of what he does and continues to kind of grow in that life planning um, aspect of the business. And, and if it's something that you want to talk about or have questions about or want to explore a little bit deeper, I encourage you to visit the website cardinalwg.com. There you'll find a button to contact Anthony and you can set up a time to meet and, and go through some of these things a little bit deeper because these are all questions you need to be asking. If nothing else, if you don't want to get super deep, at least have a sense of what life after your career might look like. It'll definitely help you out when you try to plan. So good stuff, Anthony, as always. Uh, pretty deep conversation, but I think it's important. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for your time, Ben. We'll talk to you soon. Please subscribe to the podcast, All Things Retirement, so you won't miss a single show. We'll be back soon with another episode. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.